Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mysterious Headlines podcast. It has been several days since I uploaded a podcast episode, and there is a lot to talk about. So grab a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, and buckle in. We have a lot to talk about. Earlier this week, Cassie Laundrie, Brian Laundrie's older sister, spoke to protesters outside her home. Now, our number one question from the beginning of this case, since Gabby Petito went missing, is why is nobody talking? Why are the parents not saying anything? Why are anybody close, is anybody close to Brian Laundrie not speaking and saying anything? Now, after Gabby Petito was reported missing, her family reached out to the Laundrie family to get information to see what they knew, what they could share, and they did not get an answer. They called, they texted, and got no sort of an answer. There was nobody else close to Brian Laundrie or Brian Laundrie himself that was willing to give any information. Now Brian Laundrie is missing, and we have very little information. We know the parents shared a tiny bit of information when they think he went missing, and where they think he went to, which was the Carlton Reserve, but they have not shared any information. And in missing person cases, we know that is very bizarre to not have parents out on the front lines in the media saying, we need help, please find my son. And that has led a lot of people to believe that they know exactly where he is. So he's not truly missing in their eyes because they know where he is. Otherwise, they would be pleading on the front lines, asking for help. But we have had that question, why is nobody talking? Why can we not get answers? Now, Cassie Laundrie originally spoke to CNN early on in this case and told them she wished she could just talk to her brother. And she wishes she could talk to him. And I cleared up in one of the last podcast episodes that there was some miscommunication in that. And it was said that, yes, she did see her brother on the 1st and on the 7th. And in this, I don't want to call it an interview because it was done with protesters. It wasn't done by the media. But in this video where protesters are asking her questions on her front lawn, she clarifies and answers some questions. Now, again, this was not an interview done by media. This was done by protesters who were outside of her home, protesting, shouting, wanting answers. And Cassie Laundry and her husband came out of their house and said, please stop shouting. Please stop disturbing us. Our kids are inside, trying to sleep. And the protesters proceeded to ask a series of questions And Cassie and her husband answered some of them or gave some sort of a response to each question that was asked. The you can watch the full interview online, it's on Twitter, it's on YouTube, it's lots of places you can watch that. But I will kind of sum up the interview. So she basically said that she feels that Stephen Bertolino, her parents' lawyer and her brother's lawyer, who does not represent her, she does not have a lawyer, but that Stephen Bertolino threw her under the bus in the statement that he made the week earlier, and that she did see her brother on September 1st. He came by the house, her house, with her, his parents, 
which my understanding is her house is about 45 minutes from her parents' house. And we, she clarified that she did see him on September 1st, that he drove to her house with um, her parents and she was not expecting to see him. She was expecting for her parents to come over, but was not expecting to see her brother. And then he showed up with her or with her parents. She did not expand upon anything else that happened that day, but noted she did see him in person that day. And then she expanded upon the camping trip and said she did go meet up with her parents and her brother on September 7th at the Fort DeSoto campground. She said they were there for maybe like six hours and they spent some time together. They ate s'mores, played games, just kind of hung out. And then she said they left around 8 p.m. because the kids had school the next day. So they left and their parents and Brian stayed at the campground. They said that they do not know anything about what has happened, which I find it very hard to believe that you can go camping and spend six hours with someone and it does not come up. As a sister, I would be asking a million and one questions. Why did Gabby not come back with you? Why did you have, why do you have the white van? What happened in Wyoming? I would be asking a handful of questions. Now, certainly it's possible that Brian Laundrie created a narrative that, oh, well, Gabby Petito decided she wanted to go back to New York. She wanted to go see her family. And so she, like, she got a plane ticket and, like, flew back to New York. And she told me to take the van home. And, you know, we're going to see each other later or something. He could have created a pretty good narrative and told the family that. But I would still find it weird that you were gone on a trip with someone for two months and then you come home in her car without her. I would still find it weird. Even if, and I have a brother, so I can kind of put myself in Cassie's shoes. Even if my brother had said, oh yeah, she decided she wanted to go back to New York and go home for a little bit, I would have said, well, you know, why in the middle of the trip? Why? Like, I thought you guys were going to be gone till October. So, like, why did that happen all of a sudden? And, you know, why aren't you guys finishing out your trip? I would have a million and one questions. Or if he had said, oh... She wants to, she wanted to stay in Wyoming a little bit longer and I was kind of getting done with the trip. I didn't want to stay out anymore. And so like, if you actually probe and ask questions, things don't make sense because if he had said she went home to New York, then her parents would not have reported her missing. And if she, he said, oh, she wanted to stay in Wyoming longer, you wouldn't leave someone without a car in a national park. So things don't add up. As a sister, I would be asking a million and one questions, and those million and one questions would lead to something doesn't add up here. So it's confusing that apparently Cassie didn't ask any questions. We don't know if and what Brian told them. He could have fabricated a story, like I said. He could have told them 
the complete truth. Or he could have not said anything at all. But in any of those cases, I would have a million and one questions. So it's bizarre that they had like a just a fun day camping together. And then she was asked if she thinks her brother killed Gabby Petito. And she said, I don't know. She did not try and defend him and say he can never do that. He's not that kind of a person. She simply said, I don't know. And I thought that was very interesting. A lot of times family members will immediately jump to defend someone and say, no, they can never do that. They're such a kind human being. No, they can never do that. And she didn't do that. Now, we do know there was about an eight or nine year age gap between Brian and Cassie Laundrie. And I would imagine that would make the relationship unique and different. My brother and I are two years apart, so we're pretty close in age. And we're pretty close as adults now. And we were pretty close as kids. But I could imagine if you have a sibling that's eight or nine years older than you, it would be a different relationship. You probably, you know, you weren't around each other as much as kids because you were both in kind of different stages when you were kids. You know, you were probably in elementary school while they were maybe in high school. And so you didn't spend a ton of time together as kids. And then, you know, as you get older into adults, you know, that doesn't always change. So I could see that that would make the relationship a little bit different, maybe not as close but I would still have a million and one questions. And so Cassie Laundry and her husband answered these questions outside their home, basically to get protesters off their lawn and for the protesters to go away. They said the FBI told them that they couldn't talk. And so that's why they had not come out and said anything. But they were getting fed up with the protesters, and so that's why they came out. Again, you can watch this whole Um, It's about 20 minutes. It's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. It's all over the place. So that happened early on in the week. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about that. Some people genuinely believe Cassie Laundrie and say, yeah, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. She, you know, she's, oh, she also said in this video that she has not spoken to her parents and that it's kind of created a divide in the family. And so some people legitimately believe her, say, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Like she's going through a hard time right now. She lost her, you know, she's, her brother's missing. Her, who she called her soon-to-be sister-in-law is dead. She's not talking to her parents. And then there's other people that think, no, she knows exactly what happened and she's not sharing the truth. And she, like, she only did this to like get people off her back and she really knows more than what she's saying. So you can, you, I mean, you can obviously believe whatever you want to believe. I'm kind of in neutral territory. I don't necessarily believe everything that Cassie said, but I do understand that having protesters on your lawn yelling when you have kids in your house is probably not fun. So, you know, I, I, I don't really condone any of the protesters at all in front of her house or the parents' house. I just don't see the point in it. I think it's a waste of time. And I think it only aggravates the neighbors that don't need to be aggravated. I think there's better uses of our time and our energy rather than protesting in front of someone's house. But that's just my opinion. So then fast forward to 
Wednesday, we find out from Stephen Bertolino, the laundry family attorney, I should say the family attorney for the laundry parents and Brian, but not Cassie. He put out a statement um, or corresponded with the media, I should say, and said that Christopher Laundry, Brian Laundry's dad, was hoping to assist in the search for Brian Laundry at Carlton Reserve and that the Carlton Reserve had been closed off to the public, so he had been a, unable to search and was hoping to search that day on Wednesday, but the search, his involvement in the search had to be postponed and he was hoping to be involved again soon. So a very bizarre statement coming from the lawyer. And then we know yesterday, Thursday, that he actually did go to Carlton Reserve. He was there for about three and a half hours with FBI agents. And we don't know exactly what he did there. We, I mean, we know the Stephen Bertolino, again, the family lawyer, said he was helping point out trails that he knew of, places he thought he might have gone. But we don't really know the full tactics of it, of why the FBI called him out, why now and not, you know, two weeks ago. There's a lot of questions surrounding that, and we don't have those answers. You know, it's possible that this is a big tactic coming from the FBI and that they didn't want to pull him out two weeks ago, but they did now. So we still have a lot of answers surrounding that. Will he be involved in the search again? We don't know. We don't know much about the search and if there was a search that went on today. And if he, if we don't, um, from what I've heard, we don't, haven't seen um, Christopher Laundry involved at all today. If there was a search going on, but we'll have to keep our eyes peeled on that. If he's going to be involved again, or if the mother Roberta Laundry will be involved again, it's hard to say. Um, or again, Roberta Laundry has not been involved yet. But she could be involved. We'll have to kind of see how how things go um, and where the FBI takes things. The last kind of update that I want to talk about is Brian Enton, a reporter for News Nation. He did today a sit-down interview with Joshua Taylor, who is the lead of... Well, he's the lead like um, media correspondent for the Northport Police. Now, we know Northport Police has gotten a lot of criticism in the last two weeks about how could you let Brian Laundrie escape? How could you not have eyes on him? Why are you still searching in the Carlton Reserve and it's been two weeks? He's clearly not there. Lots of criticism and opinions from other people. (coughs) And we know he did a sit-down interview with Brian Enton. It's going to air tonight on News Nation. And so I'm really interested and intrigued to watch this interview. And we, we know we got a little tidbit of some information that Brian Enton shared um, that is included in the interview. And he said one thing that Joshua Taylor said that um, we will hear in the interview tonight is that the police do not have any article or anything at the reserve that they have found. So it means they have not found any clothing. They have not found any pieces of like materials, like cooking supplies or food or a makeshift camp. They have not seen anything like that. 
or come across anything like that. Now, that does not mean they have not caught him on a trail cam or have some kind of photo or video evidence of him in the reserve. They could still have evidence of that, but they don't have any actual evidence. Like a water bottle or a backpack or a shoe. No evidence like that that they have found in the reserve, which immediately makes people say, oh my goodness, like, yeah, we knew he wasn't in the reserve. Why are you still searching there? You need to go search somewhere else. But again, they could have video or photo proof of him that they just have not shared with the public that leads them to believe he's there. But it is interesting because they've spent so much time searching at the Carlton Reserve. And it's interesting to think about, is he really there at the reserve? At the Carlton Reserve, or is he not? And why are they putting so much energy into searching at the Carlton Reserve? Are, like, they, they can't really just be going off of the parents' comment that he was at the reserve. Because, one, we can't fully trust the parents' They have not shared any, you know, super great information at this point. So it's hard to trust them. But we also know that that was the only information regarding him being at the reserve that's been shared with the public. And so if they're, if that's all that they're going off of, then they've wasted a lot of time and a lot of money, seemingly. But there might be more that we don't know. And we can speculate all we want, but we don't know what the FBI knows. And I keep saying this and I keep telling myself this. It can be frustrating at times saying, I just want answers. I want information. But the FBI has a process they have to go through with their investigation. They have to follow steps. And they have to ensure that certain things happen and that the integrity of the case is kept. And that is why there's a lot of information we don't know. Will they change their search from the Carlton Reserve to somewhere else? It's possible. It's also possible that they are searching other places, but they're only making the Carlton Reserve search be known. Like, that could be a tactic on their behalf that will make it known that we're searching at the Carlton Reserve, but really we have bigger teams searching somewhere else as we don't want to tip Brian off or we don't want to tip the parents off to something. So there's lots of possibilities and we can speculate on them, but we don't know why, why they're still searching the reserve and what their tactics are. But I know a lot of people have said, you need to be searching the Appalachian Trail after the tip um, that we got from that one guy last week. And we don't know that they're not searching there. They might be searching that area and just not just not advertising it to the public. That's very possible. It's also possible that they're not searching there, but there have been a lot of spottings, supposed spottings and leads there. And so I'm sure they're I'm sure they're checking it out and they're going to put some boots on the ground there. But we'll have to see how things really play out in the next little while. Today was a quiet day, not much happening. Didn't really get much information regarding a search at Carlton Reserve. Didn't really see anything happening at the laundry house. 
And as someone said on Twitter, it's either the calm before the storm or the calm before the case goes cold. And I know there's a lot of people that are discouraged that something hasn't happened yet and that are worried it's going to go cold, that the case is going to go cold. Now, I think there's a lot of media that is invested in the case that is going to continue to be invested in the case. I also think it's partially the public's job because so many of these types of cases die in the media world because people stop becoming interested in them. And people say, oh, really? You're reporting on that again for the fourth week in a row? Come on, just like talk about something else. So the public gets upset. And therefore, the media stops talking about it because they say, oh, well, people are getting sick of it. They're getting sick of this coverage. So then they stop covering it. And that's how a case goes cold. Obviously, the FBI is going to keep working until they can get answers. The FBI is not going to stop their work. But it's up to the media and the public to keep this case alive and keep this case important. That's on us. So if we still stay invested and interested in updates and what's going on, the media is going to keep pumping them out. But if they have no one to listen, no one that's interested in hearing the updates, then they're not going to give the updates. I intend to be invested and involved in this case until the end. I will always look for new information, new updates, And I'm always going to do podcast episodes until we get some sort of a resolution. Now, this case can take a really long time. There's obviously the next big hurdle is finding Brian Laundrie, getting the autopsy results released, which I believe the FBI already have the autopsy results, but they're waiting to release them. And then after that, it's a whole trial going through a trial and what that looks like. It's going to be a multi-year process, multi-year process, but I'm going to stay invested because I want justice for Gabby. So I hope you'll stay invested. Listening to this podcast is one way you can stay invested. Hearing the updates and information and understanding where things are at in the case and where things are headed. It will help find justice for Gabby. So thank you for listening. I will be recording another podcast episode when there's some new developments, which I'm hoping might happen this weekend. If that's the case, I'll pop on, do another podcast episode, share whatever information I know. When I have information, I share it on here, and then we start a conversation. Again, you can always follow me on Twitter at MYSHeadlines. And tweet using the hashtag Mysterious Headlines. I'd love to feature your comments and conversation here on the podcast. Until next time, thanks.